Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. Welcome to the podcast today. We've got uh, Ethan Butte, from, the Chief Evangelist from BombBomb. And we always like to maybe come up with a, a question to start off with that is a little bit more unique. And let's get the ball rolling. Um, so today, I think maybe the question is, what was your first concert that you ever attended? Oh, great one. Uh, it was Simple Minds, who a lot of people would think about as a one-hit wonder uh, for Don't You Forget About Me. Don't Forget About Me, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that was at DeVos Hall in downtown Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I remember I was so, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember buying, uh, you know, one of the concert t-shirts and it was a size small and it was just like a skirt on me. And I wore it to school the next day and I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't care how ridiculously poorly it fit. I love that. That's a good one. That's awesome. We like to, we start a lot of our workshops uh, with our clients with a question like that. And uh, it's really fun because when you've got, you know, maybe 10, 15 people on a Zoom call or in a, in a room and you start hearing these bands being thrown out, you know, people start to either date themselves or they're like, hey, I was there too. Like we actually found one where somebody was like, I was at that same concert. And like, you know, it was like 20 years ago, which is kind of funny. Jay, awesome. what was your, Jay, what's your answer for that? My, mine is John Denver at the, at the Carowinds Palladium in North Carolina. It's like a theme park there That's a good so one. john denver yeah i was way back then i've got a uh, hootie and the blowfish out of uh, hilton head island they used to come there uh, that's where i grew up and they used to come there every single year and play a concert series and so i've probably seen them more than any other band just out of sheer you know the fact of that they were there every single summer um nice. awesome well ethan i'm excited to have you on today and talk more about uh bomb bomb and what you guys are doing you know to try and bring personalized video into uh business settings and thinking about just where it fits into customer life cycles as well as employee life cycles so uh, maybe just give us some early context on, you know, what BombBomb is and uh, maybe your your kind of targets as you guys go look out in the market and see where these use cases really fit. Sure. Uh, again, we're called BombBomb. It's just the word bomb twice. It's a separate story that I don't know that we'll make time for in this conversation. Uh, found, legally founded in 06, we've been at it uh, in terms of empowering people to get face-to-face -face through simple personal videos really actively since about 2011. When I joined back then, we had maybe one or 200 customers. Now we're over 55,000 customers, primarily US, Canada, but you know, around the world. Uh, some of them are one single person accounts and some of them are you know thousands of people. And so we, we're in a position to equip you no matter who you are and where you are in your organization, no matter your industry, to help keep you face-to-face -face with the people who matter most to your success. We believe in you. We believe you're better in person. Obviously, something like a pandemic drives up interest in this opportunity, right? So we're recording this live on Zoom, and it's awesome, but we had to schedule it in advance. We had to both show up, or all three of us had to show up at the exact same time. Um, and so what this is is a recorded video message, recorded when it's convenient for you, and sent to one person or 10 people or 10,000 people, and each person opens it up and experiences you in person when it's convenient for him or her, and then tries tracking and analytics close the loop. And so we've built this tool set to make it really easy to do from our web app, from our mobile apps, from Zendesk, Salesforce, Outreach, uh, Gmail, Google Chrome. We, so our whole goal is to keep you face-to-face -face throughout the day. And, and most importantly, and then I'll give it back to you, most importantly, to think about all of the faceless digital communication you're relying on for, for some of your most important and valuable messages, like this plain typed out text that doesn't differentiate you, it doesn't build rapport, and it doesn't communicate nearly as well as you do when you look someone in the eye through your camera lens. Uh, and so th these are all opportunities as you're clicking send throughout the day or as machines are shooting out messages on behalf of you or your team members to be a little bit more personal, a little bit more clear, and a little bit more human. Yeah, that's... We, I mentioned this earlier, but we had uh, Logan Lyles from Sweetfish on yesterday and, um, you know, they're obviously in the podcasting space and that's one of the things we talked about too is just finding ways to kind of break the noise and, and actually uh, be different from what other companies are doing. You know, everyone's sending 
emails right now. Uh, everyone is is trying to uh, inundate you with webinars and with you know just like you mentioned things where we all have to show up at the same time. And so I think this is a really unique way, just along with podcasting as well, to, to try and break the noise of, of getting in, in front of your customers as well as your future prospects or future customers um, in that realm. So um, you mentioned you know, in there that you've got tons of integrations. It sounded uh, Zendesk, Salesforce, um, you had Outreach and a couple others. Um, so you know, sounds a lot like uh, sales is one really big vertical for you, I would imagine. Um, and then obviously here, you know, we're, we're talking about customer success and, and we've got leaders listening from customer success. So uh, what have you guys seen in that space and how have you, is there any, anything that you guys can bring from a statistics standpoint or what you've seen in terms of use cases that um, we can really start to maybe dive into here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sales is the first place a lot of people go. If you're on LinkedIn, you're seeing a lot of communication around prospecting with video and this type of thing. But it's interesting. I, I personally ran a survey at the end of 2019 of our best customers. Our goal was to like kind of get deeper in with, you know, who is our best customer and what motivates them. And so uh, one of the themes that came out of some of the verbatim feedback as I like tore through it all and kind of tried to thematically organize it um, was this uh, connection relationship, staying in front of my customers, generating repeat business, like a lot of this, as opposed to this, get people to feel like they know me before they meet me, which video can help you do, right? This prospecting side, our best customers who've been with us longest and are most confident that we solve a major problem in their business really lean so much more heavily to this relationship side, which reminded us how valuable this is. Uh, not that we, that we had ever lost sight of it, but um, how valuable it is for maintaining all of the good relationship, the goodwill, the trust, the rapport that you've built already with these customers in order to retain it, produce repeat purchasing, produce expansion, et cetera. So on the CS side, so when we, when we did our Zendesk integration, I forget exactly how old it is, maybe uh, 18 months or something. When we first hooked it up and we were just kind of messing with it internally because we're Zendesk users ourselves, uh, through 30,000, the first 30,000 support tickets, we rounded up some data and I don't have the numbers at hand, so I'm, I won't guess at them, but, but in general, dramatic, dramatic improvement with first touch ticket resolution. So this idea that your first response to a customer produces a resolve in the ticket dramatically improved and the key there is an evergreen video that was even more useful than a personal video. And by evergreen, I mean you record it once and use it over and over again. So anyone listening to this can easily find, if they don't have it off the top of their head, you could easily find what are the three most common support tickets? What are the five most common support tickets? And you just record videos to address those things like little, because we have a screen recorder. Uh, you can just a little walk and talk things. And so dramatic, it was like an 81% increase in first touch ticket resolution when the, the resolve involved a, an evergreen video. I think it was like 55% for a personalized video. Um, another one is uh, that our team reported was that it's so much easier to pick up a ticket that comes back to life because now there's this trail and you don't have to read, you know, 5,000 words. You can just kind of see the videos and see what the person uh, was educated on. It also gives that, that person um, uh, the opportunity to go back and look at what your team sent them, whether it was personal or whether it was evergreen. And so it just saves time on both sides of the ticket management situation. Um, I forget the increase in the share of people whose ticket resolutions involved uh, a video, but they were much more likely, if a video was involved in the transaction, they were much more likely, like 35% more likely to fill out uh, the support survey. So uh, now, interestingly, they were about equivalent. It was like 98% satisfaction to 97% without video, but uh, just their likelihood. This, and so this gets to the soft side of video, which we can maybe get into, but this you know, some of the, some of the reciprocity or the social obligation, or I feel a little bit more connected now to Jennifer because I swapped two emails and she sent me a video and she followed up after our exchange on the phone or by email. 
or maybe even our Zoom call with a couple key points. This is just a pro tip and I'll give it back to you. After the ticket's resolved, uh, send a personal that, hey, hey, Jeff, thank you so much for your time on the phone today. Again, I'm really sorry you were experiencing that issue. I know that we solved the confusion on the phone, but I wanted to remind you the one thing that's going to make the big difference for you over the next week is to do this once a day, right? To reinforce whatever the training or education was. And it just shows this extra level of, of care. So before you shut it out, take 45 extra seconds and look that person in the eye and let them know that they matter and give them that extra tip for success. And those are just on the care side because you can measure the efficacy of it. Um, Obviously, benefits to account management, CSM, et cetera, in terms of setting appointments, staying in front of people, not waiting for the QBR to give updates and pats on the back or to light fires under people and those kinds of things as well. So I have a question for you related to that because what you just described there is, is awesome, right? And it and it's like brings this humanity to the interaction. But and Jeff and I have, we've, we've started to try to create some of our own videos like of ourselves and, and it's nerve wracking. The first time you do it, especially, it's like terrifying, right? Much less posting it publicly somewhere or sending it to somebody after you're done. So I'm curious, like, how do you, how do you see people getting their teams comfortable with doing this? And do you guys have like a methodology that you help them learn? And uh, do you put them through some kind of boot camp? Like, how are people getting comfortable with this? Because we did it just because we felt like we needed to for our, the way we were trying to market our business. And so there was an impetus there. But for people who's, who don't own their own business and you know, maybe their manager's telling them, hey, get on video. They're like freaking out. So like, how do we, how do you guys, how do you get them over that hump? Really good. You just identified the biggest impediment to, uh, to success with this. And it's people quitting before what I call ever starting in earnest, right? It's this idea that, um, you have this expectation that it's going to be easy and that you're going to be really, really good at it. Just like the first time you went skiing, false, right? <laughs> just like the first time you picked up the like French Every time horn. I go skiing. Yeah. Or just like you cracked open a book uh, about how to speak Cantonese and you were just excellent at it the first time you tried, right? So the interesting thing about video is that it seems so approachable and it is. Um, some of the skills that you already have, whether it's communicating by Zoom or communicating over the phone, um, are transferable into this environment, but it also is a new skill in and of itself. And so practice is obviously the key to success. And I'd be mind blown if either of you said that your 10th video was just as difficult as your first one, you know, or that your seventh video was worse than your second video, right? Or your 70th video was worse than your 10th video, right? So it's just like anything else, more reps, the better off you are. The interesting thing about um, this type of video, especially when you're starting, you know, this isn't to go to your LinkedIn profile. This isn't go to the company's YouTube channel. This is to send to Tim and Jeff and Mary Lynn at this key account uh, to give them an update on how well their team is doing with your software, right? And so it's this, they're not gonna watch it 85 times. They're not gonna put it on their Facebook page. This is just in place of what would otherwise be three paragraphs of boring text that doesn't make that connection, that doesn't have people feel that psychological proximity, right? Even though you can't be totally. physically proximate with your customers, in some cases because you're serving people across the country or around the world, in other cases because we're really not allowed to get together in person right now. But it, in the absence of that physical proximity, you can build this psychological proximity. And so the key thing I would leave people with is that practice is the key to success. You have a, a much higher bar set for yourself. You're a much harsher critic of yourself than anyone else is. When someone clicks play on the video and hears, hey, Tim, I just wanted to follow up on that, uh, on that 
chat that you left with our, um, you know, with one of our team members and just reiterate a couple key points. Tim doesn't care that your hair's out of place or that like me, I'm in a makeshift home office in my bedroom on the Southwest side of Colorado <laughs> Springs. Tim is like, oh my gosh, these people are awesome. I can't believe uh, how much, you know, he went from, you know, as your CS folks know, half the time you're dealing with someone who's confused or disappointed or frustrated on the care side or wondering if they can provide a nice ROI report back to whoever truly holds the purse strings inside their own organization. And did they make the right investment here? And has their team successfully adopted enough? Is 40% adoption of the full platform enough to justify an extended contract? Or is this going to be egg on my face? Like they're not worried about what you look like and what you sound like. If they can basically see you and basically hear you, your video has met the good enough threshold. And, and a good place to get reps, a good place to get that practice in is to think about people, team members, customers you're already really friendly with, family members, friends, people in your personal network, and just reach out, make a habit of sending at least two of these videos a day. And it'll take you less than five minutes. Thank you. Good job. Congratulations. I've been thinking about you. Hey, I saw on LinkedIn. Hey, I saw your post on Instagram and I wanted to tell you that I've been there too, right? Just simple, positive, easy messages, or even I was really sorry to hear, hey, I, I just heard the bad news. I just want to let you know I'm thinking about you, like these kinds of things. And so by doing it in a lower threat environment that isn't directly related to your business outcomes, I think that's a really good way to get comfortable seeing yourself and hearing yourself and just kind of knocking down some of that initial discomfort. But just know that you are going to judge your video far more harshly than anyone else's. Yeah. I, and I, the, the points that you're making too, right, they're all, it's so relatable. Like, I think that's just the big thing. It's just like, you know, you can see me right now. I've uh, got this blackboard in my office. I, you know, it just totally looks like I'm just in my home office that's not really done up that well. And uh, I think that's just relatable to everyone right now as you go into uh, these environments. The, the points I wrote down though that I thought were really interesting and where I think this really think, where I, I really started to think about this for, from the customer success management side. So I love the the support angle, I think is so good that you mentioned, and then you've already, you tapped into a couple of things on the CSM side. So like one use case that we've been talking a lot about is um, a lot of our clients or a lot of, of people in the community talk about how executive team members don't come to their QBRs or their EBRs. And um, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out why. And you know, a lot of times it's, a lot of times the crux of the issue is, well, you're not really changing the meeting or setting a different precedent. It's basically your status update or your report with your, you know, your champion and you're just inviting the executive to it and you're not changing the dynamics of, of that conversation. And so one of, the, one of the use cases that came up for me was how could you get a CSM to essentially give the report, the report side of the QBR, hey, here's how we're doing over the last quarter, here are the trends that we're seeing, here's what the industry is happening. Um, let's do that via video before the actual EBR and it changes the whole dynamic because you get that part out of the way. Great. You, hey, you know, hey, Ethan, I sent you that video. You were able to watch a five minute clip about what our platform has been able to do for you over the last quarter, the trends and everything else. You can come prepared with questions if you have anything. We can knock those out right when we get started. And then the dynamic of the conversation is now what we actually want it to be, which is, hey, what's, what's your business doing over the next three, six, nine months? Where are you guys going? How is our platform fitting into that? Let's really, let's dig deep on that rather than digging deep on, hey, you're, you know, we helped improve this by X percent, which you can read in the report. So I think that is like, I wrote that down because I think that would just be huge for a lot of our CS professionals to start thinking about how that you can just take that one simple use case for it and just do that for your QBRs, for your high touch customers, essentially. It's killer. And I'll blow that out one step further to any meeting. So much of the, so many of the meetings that I've been in throughout my career, 
are a massive waste of time because people are just giving information. Hey, here are the three numbers that I report on. And it's like, it could all be done in advance. Um, it, whether it's, you know, sharing a Google doc and everyone gives their updates so that when you get into the meeting, it becomes this dynamic, collaborative, creative type thing where you actually, meetings are expensive. And now, now let's think of a, a, an internal meeting. Let's say uh, you run a team of five CSMs. You and five CSMs in a room for an hour is very expensive. The last thing you want to do is just like a roundup of like, here are three facts I'm going to share with you that I could have shared by email or by Slack or by a mutual Google Doc or in your recommendation here, especially into an account with a video. So whether it's a sales meeting, uh, whether it's a, uh, a, a, in place of uh, some of the QBR, like blocking and tackling stuff, by, by communicating this information in advance, like just the details, you can hit the ground running. And frankly, you can give people the raw material they need, digest it, you know, get the information so that it becomes this raw material that you can start building something new and creative out of so that these expensive meetings become a lot more productive and frankly, a lot more engaging, especially with regard to uh, getting executives or leaders inside these organizations uh, not to feel like you're wasting their time so that they show up more so that they engage more, et cetera. It's a great recommendation. Yeah, I, I literally just registered while we were talking. I'm so excited about playing with this thing. Um, Jeff made a good point on Slack too. I'll give you credit for it, Jeff, because it's your, your idea. But th there are so many transitions that happen in a customer journey too. Um, we, we do a lot of customer journey, you know, customer lifecycle kind of work with our clients and how they're trying to serve their customers. And they're, especially in large, like enterprise SaaS, where we deal a lot, you have different people coming in and out of the relationship over time. You have stakeholders changing at your customer. Um, you have different teams internally that are, that are, you know, working on the account and have different responsibilities. And one of the biggest problems across the customer journey that we face or see our clients face is that there's all this information that's lost. So do you have a meeting? Does somebody write a long document? Does it sit in Salesforce? Like how do you transition knowledge across uh, the organization. I mean, we even have it when we bring on new customers because we have a whole team, right? And so how do we transition what we learned during the pre-sales process about what we're trying to accomplish to our team so that they can be effective when they get on the phone the first time, you know, with our, with our new clients, you could use video even for that just to, just to document it. And it can be way more informal. It feels like you could um, sort of just talk through it. And to your point, you get like emotion, you get inflection of the face, you get like all those things that the, you have to over explain in, in the written word. So um, I wanted to, to go back to something you said earlier. You talked about this thing, you said social obligation. And that is a really interesting phrase to me because I've been getting a couple of these. I'm still the vast majority of things I get like a LinkedIn and email, it's all text, right? But I've gotten a couple of these videos lately and I do have a heightened sense of like, okay, I feel like I'm not going to respond to all of them still, but I do feel bad about not responding to the ones that send me videos. They've obviously taken the time to craft me something uniquely. They're cold and that's sort of a problem, but like how, um, talk, can you talk a little bit more about that whole social obligation thing? Cause I think it works in prospecting, but it also works in, uh, customer, you know, your customer relationships and yeah, deepening. It, it and works engaging. even better that way. Again, that's why I wanted to yeah. make sure to share that kind of feedback that I got from our best customers. And some of them have been with us for five, six, seven years, and they've sent thousands of videos. Uh, and so, um, 
in a cold scenario, at a certain point, as a tactic or whatever, the, the cold part of it is going to be a little bit played out unless it's just like any other prospecting or cold outreach you get. I'm sure you occasionally get very good cold outreach and you're like, oh man, this is great. I can't wait to connect yeah. with this person. Video is not going to magically change anything. If your team members don't actually care about your customers, video is actually a terrible thing to do because that lack of sincerity or lack of honesty or that lack of enthusiasm is going to come through in video far more than it's going to come through in a canned email or even a freshly typed email, you know? And so this, on, on the other side, if you actually care about this opportunity, you have real value, you're sincere, you're excited, whatever, you couldn't do anything better than sending a video. And so uh, to the specifics of your question, it's just this, it's just basic human nature. It's this idea that I'm no longer, it's so much easier to ignore a plain email. In fact, our brains don't even, I, I leaned on this research a little bit in Rehumanize Your Business, a book I co-authored with uh, my friend and team member, Steve Passanelli. And um, our brains don't assign three paragraphs of text to a human writer, right? Like when we get to the email signature, if we know the person or if there's a face in the email signature, then we might start to close that gap a little bit. But by default, our brain doesn't do that. On the other hand, when there's someone directly in front of us, let's just take this on the sidewalk, right? If I'm walking down the street in my neighborhood, which I do for hours every day now, um, or running, uh, and, and someone smiles at me and waves at me, I'm not going to ignore them. It's like, that's another fellow human being. My default as a social creature, as a fellow member of the human species, is to respond basically in kind. And it's the same dynamic here. It's what's so interesting about videos. We look at it as new technology, but really what it is is a return to the way that all of business was done, right? 120 years ago, before there was a telephone in every home and on every desk, um, we did almost all of our business either by written correspondence or face-to-face, -face, right? And so this is just a return to that face-to-face -face element. And certainly some people are in a scaled environment where this idea of one-to-one -one personal videos is like, oh, I don't know if that'll scale. First, I would push back on that. I think we look to scale some things too quickly before we truly break the model. And I think, um, I think activity worship, you know, like this idea that I need 50 of these or 25 of these before the end of the day or the end of the week precludes us from doing some of these things that make a much, much bigger impact. And so we can look at this as new tech. We can look at it as new tactics. And in some ways they are. At the same time, it's just a return to the way our social species has connected and communicated best forever, which is eye to eye, face to face. And so we have to find those spots for personal videos or evergreen videos uh, in order to make people, this is the deepest principle of human nature. It's a craving to be appreciated. That's William James, the father of American psychology uh, is credited with a quote that in incorporates those phrases. All we want, and I don't care if you're a badass type A type person that's like, rah, 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 you know, like you just as badly as that more meek person that is a, you know, a physical touch type person. Every single human has a craving to be seen and heard and appreciated, to be seen for who they are and respected and appreciated as, a, as an individual. And so this allows you to do this in choice spots and certainly within the context of your business. And that connection is the kind of fundamental thing that someone might not be able to articulate very, very clearly or explicitly, but it's the kind of thing that they feel. And that is the foundation for thoughts that turn into stories, that turn into online reviews, that turn into referrals, that turn into survey response rates, et cetera. And um, so that's what I think when you ask me about social obligation. No, that's, that's awesome. It, it, uh, the word that comes to mind for me of everything you just said there is just empathy. And this particular profession or area that we work in, customer success is just sort of like a off the charts empathy kind of person, personality, you know, and so it all, it all fits very well. And so now 
I do actually feel bad that I haven't responded to those people who sent me videos. Well, so. now cold, cold is it? Cold is a different dynamic. Cold yeah. is different, right? Like yeah, totally, totally. The uh, the the other thing that comes to mind, and like as we transition maybe away from this, the customer lifecycle. Uh, I was trying to I was trying to go through and think about to Jay's point. We do a lot of work around the journey and the lifecycle. Um, so I literally I'm trying to write down a couple of things. So I think sales to service transition, at least internally, uh, I think is great. Fantastic. Great. Yeah, great point. Uh, QBR, like having the CSM send it before the QBR. Uh, we already said, you know, support any kind of around the support ticket. And as we think about um, closing the support ticket as well as just the first initial touch point um, is another one. But what's maybe one or two more uh, kind of stages or, or points al along the customer journey that you would say, Ethan, are really like good, good examples or good places where somebody might be able to implement this? Uh, one of my favorite post-commitment uh, opportunities to use video is peer-to-peer -peer inside the account, right? And so you might do this pre-commitment, like when you're when you're trying to negotiating the deal and getting toward the final stages, and you want to kind of like push it over the line. If it if it's a CIO engagement or a CTO engagement or a uh, a CRO or VP sales engagement, you might do some peer-to-peer -peer there where your revenue leader reaches out to their revenue leader with a video. Uh, but this also works post-commitment as well as kind of a thank you message, right? So as your customers are dealing with buy buyer's remorse because they do, right? Like we, I feel buyer's remorse over things I spend 20 bucks on sometimes. Yeah, like, exactly. I, you know, anyway, so, so you think about these, these other, you know, four, five, six, seven figure commitments people are making. Naturally, there's a buyer's remorse there. And some, at sometimes, you know, a career is potentially, uh, or at least a, a job is potentially on the line for, for really advocating for something that may or may not be effective. And so I think peer to peer in particular, uh, after the commitment, you know, within the first ideally 72 hours, just kind of carry some of that momentum, carry some of the excitement, transfer some of the high fives that, that you're feeling on the sales side inside your own organization into the implementation onboarding success side within, the, within your target customer or your new customer's account, right? So this idea of, you know, these people have it together. I feel like I have a peer over there. And frankly, peer-to-peer -peer is a great relationship to have. Um, and it just brings it to life in a different way and, and creates some of this assurance at the executive level that this company operates a little bit differently. This company communicates a little bit more clearly. This company, now I'm getting into the softer things that, you, that they might feel instead of articulate, which is these people have a vision for our shared success, right? They're not going to say that out loud in, a, in an executive meeting. Like, you know what? That guy sent me a video and he has a very clear vision for our mutual success together. But it's the kind of feeling it'll get. And so it'll come out in like a, you know, the first time you meet someone in person within three to five seconds, you have that feeling of, I like this guy, or she inspires a bit of confidence, or I'm not, this guy seems a little bit shady or greasy or whatever, you know, like you, you get that gut feeling right away. And so this, this closes that down a little bit. So I like peer to peer on either side of the commitment, but especially post commitment. And uh, when you think about the entire customer life cycle, whether you're doing inbound or outbound, you know, you're trying to get that initial response and engagement. There are tons of use cases there. There's that education piece of like, are you really solving a problem that I actually have? And so that can be evergreen or personal, certainly pre and post-appointment, no matter where you are in the organization, pre-appointment in order to get the appointment, to promise value and build value in the appointment, to, will increase show rates and set rates. Uh, and then the real money in so many situations is post-appointment, especially on the sales side where you might be up against competitors. You, and this gives you the opportunity not to build value into the appointment, but to let the other person know that you heard them. You know, what got them excited? What got them concerned? This course applies to any appointment post-sale as well. What were they excited about? What were they concerned about? What objections did they have? Did they introduce any other competitors? And in this case on post-sale, it would be, you know, are there any impediments to uh, adopting or using it, right? And those would be competitors on time and attention. 
Um, and this allows you to speak very directly to the things that you learned in the meeting. And so not only can you overcome objections again or push their happy, excited button again to get them motivated again about your solution and, and, and whatever needs to happen to get them to commit to the purchase or to, to you know, resell it inside their own organization in the case that it's post-sale, uh, but it also allows them, again, I'm going to things that they would never articulate explicitly, but they would feel inside that are key to successes this guy understands me, this guy gets me, this guy listened to me, this guy is speaking back to me in my own words. And, and to use your empathy there, this guy is meeting where, me where I am emotionally. Maybe, I'm, maybe in our meeting, I was all over the panic button, like, oh my God, this is not going well, oh, a 10% adoption, um, you know, we're not, we're, we're not seeing what we thought we were gonna see, we're not seeing what we thought we were promised, et cetera. You can meet them there and then emotionally through the course of the video, whether it's 30 seconds or 90 seconds or two and a half minutes, Shorter is always better. Um, you can move them from, you can meet them where they are. Hey, you know, I know things aren't going really well right now. I know that, that, that uh, um, you know, Tina left the organization that really slowed down our progress here. But I want to let you know that, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time with Jeff getting this thing back on track. Um, blah, 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 move forward, draw the vision for this exciting future. And now they're emotionally along with you. And you can't do that unless you are a spectacular writer. Uh, and, and most people aren't. I think the, the, your opportunity, if you're listening to this, your opportunity to be good at communicating in a video is way better and so much easier and so much faster than becoming an expert writer that can make that emotional transformation in a piece of writing. Man, we, we can attest to that because Jeff and I have tried to become better writers over the, I don't know what, a year, Jeff, it, like we're nowhere close. We have to work so hard on it. And, and you, the more you work on it, the more you see other people not working on it. And so it's very obvious when you see that stuff. Um, one of the other, I guess it's neuroscientific things. We just learned this recently on another episode of our podcast um, with somebody talking about the onboarding processes is the idea of uh, confirmation bias. So whatever your first impression is, you're going to look for ways to confirm that after the first impression. So maybe with this video approach, you can actually control that first impression a little bit better than you know, maybe some of the situations that might be more out of your control. You actually can take the, the first move there. Well, the other, the other thing that I really like that you mentioned, Ethan, in that in the way we'd like to think about relationships at organizations, right, is you, especially as we get into some of the enterprise organizations, um, but this still scales down is uh, we like to think about power users, champions, and executive sponsors as the types of relationships that we might have. And so what you just mentioned, right, is like, we always want to get the CSM introduced as we're going, you know, through, basically through that final contracting phase, and we're introducing the CSM to carry forward a strategic relationship. But how great would it be too if the executive sponsor from, you know, our company sent a video to the executive sponsor of the buying company, and just like you said, made the peer to peer connection from day one, which is like, hey, I'm your counterpart in this organization, you need anything, like I'm your person to go to, uh, here's why I'm excited about our success, but you know, largely that never happens, right? Largely it's like the executive sponsor from our side of things gets involved when things go bad and it's like, you know, you know, seven minutes or uh, yeah, seven minutes before they, or they're about to churn, you know, we're getting our executive sponsor involved. So I, I love that side of, um, of thinking about that and, and introducing that, that video element. So I think that's great. Um, I know, you know, we're getting close to the, the end here. So one, maybe one last question as you think about this, um, customer success is, a growing field, you know, uh, it's becoming probably the largest or fastest growing uh, position in technology businesses, I think, from what we've seen all the studies. And so there's a, a really big idea around employee retention as well. And that especially around customer success positions, right, you're, you're becoming a value, valuable commodity if you're a CSM and listening to this right now, there's tons of companies who need you and they're realizing it now even more through the pandemic. Um, so I'm curious, just from your standpoint, Ethan, like, how have you guys, what are some of the use cases or how have you seen 
companies really adopt maybe video into some of the employee lifecycle aspects, um, especially now that we're virtual, you know, how do we make that connection with our employees on a regular basis and, and kind of get in front of them, make sure that they feel appreciated, that they feel heard, that they feel, um, you know, seen for them for themselves as an individual. I love it. And the words that you use in asking that question are really, really important. So if you're listening, hit that 30 or 60 second bounce back and listen to that question again, because that's what matters. People want to feel seen and heard and appreciated. And so I'll give you the big picture and then I'll give you two specific use cases that you could do today. The big picture is when you think about a traditional bow tie funnel from awareness to education, to selection, to the point of commitment in the middle, to onboarding, to impact, to growth and advocacy, right? Where the account is healthy, it's expanding, it's retaining, they're bringing other people to you like that positive growth loop of advocacy and support. That exact same funnel applies to employees. Does this company exist? Is this an opportunity I'm interested in? Are they an employer of choice in the area? Would I learn and grow here? Can I get my significant other or any other influential decision maker in my life to kind of buy in on it? Am I going to, you know, how are they presenting the offer to me, by the way? That's a great time to use video as well. Make the point of commitment. How are we onboarding our team members so that they feel just as excited on day 13 as they did a week before they started? How do they know who's who and what's what? Do they feel equipped and prepared and confident to be successful in your organization? How are you staying in front of them? Ideally, you're doing one-on-ones weekly with everybody. If you're not, how can you stay in front of people to provide that coaching and feedback in the moment, right? Like if something is really important today that you saw or heard or observed, you're maybe watching or listening to calls and call recordings, these types of things, don't just write it in a notebook and save it for 18 days from now when you have your next one-on-one appointment with this person. Send a quick video, right, at your convenience and then they'll open it up and they can watch it and get your feedback in a fully human way. If you type up this feedback and it's maybe critical, it's so much harder to do that kind of negative with the positive so someone doesn't feel too beat up. They feel supported and and invested in and developed. And so um, that's a specific use case. And then obviously growth and advocacy, generating referrals into your organization. Um, And so two great use cases. One, if you are a leader, whether it's of a small team or whether it's of a large chunk of the organization, weekly updates to the entire team. Our, one of our two co-founders does this for the entire company and some leaders do it within their own teams. And it's just like a roundup of where we are against our cake key KPIs uh, on the month and on the quarter, um, some trends that are going on, some public praise. That's a great use case, like propping up particular people or particular teams for achievements in a public setting that everyone's going to see. And we do that by email and we do it by Slack. Um, So that's one great use case is uh, weekly updates to stay in front front of everyone, especially as we're not in the office together. That came in. We actually did it before we broke apart. That started in December, um, but it has really been super helpful. And in fact, the cadence has increased. Sometimes we'll get two a week from one of our co founders. The other one I'll share goes back to what I was recommending to get comfortable with video in the first place, which is uh, birthdays and work anniversaries. These are really, really easy, right? Facebook will tell you, LinkedIn will tell you, internal, like your, your internal HR system will tell you, just look and you could do it once a week. It could be, Hey, your second year anniversary is coming up on Wednesday, man. I'm just so excited. Um, you're just an awesome team member. That win that you had last month was amazing. I'm looking forward to the next two years of learning and growth with you. And I can't imagine uh, having a better person on the team. You're awesome, right? Easy to do. And, and so you can do it that day or you can do it that week, or you can record them and schedule them to be sent out on those days. But that's a super easy thing where you, you definitely don't need a script. People are going to see, feel, seen, heard, and appreciated. You don't need to come up with any reason to do it. Like there's something telling you to do it. It's like, it's this person's birthday or it's this person's third year anniversary or first year anniversary or whatever. Those are easy ways to, and and I do this with team members that aren't on my team. And the responses you get are just mind blowing. Like 
I mean, I've been in the organization for a long time. I'm on the senior leadership team. I have a C-level title, even though it's not a traditional one. And, and it's easy to lose sight of how meaningful it is for a frontline person who is grinding it out every day with confused and frustrated customers to say, you are awesome. And I'm so glad you've spent the last three years with us. And I really hope, you know, I, I saw in Slack that you and your family are going to be going on vacation next week. I hope you have a really nice time and I hope you stay safe. Take care. Right. It's just easy, easy stuff. It makes you feel great. And it makes the other person feel great. And the replies and responses will let you know, this is a different and better way to do that stuff. Yeah. And it, I mean, to your point, you know, it, I would probably argue it takes you less time to record a video of, of you know, 30, 60, 90 seconds than it does to even write an email because uh, typically the way I write emails, right, is you, I mean, I, I do it almost like you're writing a, a book. I write it first draft. I go back, I review it. I review it a third time. I look at, you totally. know, like we, we go back and do it. And like, this is just so such a, like, hey, I could do that so quickly. Um, and I love, I mean, all those examples you gave are so good because it's like, how great would it be if you um, sent that video? You know, you can still attach it into a Slack message, right? Where you're, you're totally. getting it out to the entire team. So it says, hey, happy birthday, Ethan, or hey, can't wait for you to go on vacation. So people can still um, tag onto it and, you know, they can write their own little comments on it, but it just feels... I love, love the personal aspect. Um, and if you know us, we're, uh, if, you know, outside of this podcast, if you knew us, we're, I feel like we're part of the early, early adopters or at least the early majority in terms of, uh, you know, the curve of, of when people start adopting things. So uh, we're right at that cusp, that, yeah, right Jay, at that cusp. Jay is, uh, Jay is over there, like already plotting every, you know, every way he's going to start to use video over the next like uh, 24, 48 hours. Is what if, if you're <laughs> listening and writing things down, start with one or two ideas and just do them consistently for a month, build the habit and then start growing from there. If you give yourself 18 ways to use video, you're probably not going to be as successful if you give yourself yeah. two and make them a habit. Ethan, before we sign off, where can people find you or, or you know, where, where do you like to engage with, uh, with folks and, and maybe also give a plug for uh, the podcast that you have? Cool. Thank you. Yeah. If you are listening to this podcast and you've made it this far, I would love to hear from you directly. So you can email me at Ethan, E-T-H-A-N at bombbomb.com. That's just the word bomb twice, B-O-M-B-B-O-M-B.com. Uh, you can hit me up on LinkedIn. My last name is spelled B-E-U-T-E. So if you search Ethan Butte, uh, I'll probably be the only one who comes up. I welcome direct communication there, especially if you add a note. Uh, you can learn more about the podcast, which is the customer experience podcast at bombbomb.com slash podcast. I'm talking with marketing sales and CS leaders about creating more alignment and consistency in the experience our customers have with us because the experience, of course, we all know uh, goes across teams and departments. And so we need to be working together more consistently and more often uh, so that customers get a consistently great experience from us. And you can learn more about Rehumanize Your Business at bombbomb.com slash book. It's the complete what, why, who, when, and how of this movement that we call relationships through video. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.